That was a sweet time of worship, wasn't it? You could just sort of have for ages. Um, just a wee heads up. Um, for uh, This is for the non-Eberdonians amongst you. Um, I'm going to be... There is, there is, a is there anybody actually for Aberdeen in the building? <laughs> this has got to be tough. <laughs> no, I'm going to be using, I'm going to be using a, a word that... I've tried learning the Queen's English and it doesn't work for me. So I'm, I'm going to stick to Aberdonian. So... Um, just keep your ears open in messages for you. But I'm going to be interchanging a word in particular, and it will come up, God wants us to can. <laughs> now, it's an easy word. You put people in Aberdeen say it all the time, and it just means basically to know. It's not rocket science, isn't it? <laughs> so if there is any cans in the building today, this message is definitely for you. <laughs> so you, you, can, you can definitely... <laughs> You can, and if, uh, right, let's get started. Eh? <laughs> so, um, we've got to be reading out of Ephesians, Ephesians 1, 15 to 23. I'd like to hear a song of paper being thingy, but you can uh, open your Bible. If you need a Bible, um, put your hands up and one of the guys here at the front will get you a Bible. Wow, on you go. So we'll just get stuck right into it, I think. So it's Ephesians 1, 15 to 23. And it's a prayer to the Ephesians. This is Paul talking. He says, For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength that he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in this present age, but also in the age to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Amen. So just before, just before we go into the passage properly, I'd just like to, a statement stuck out to me, just as a first statement that Paul marks. In the, the opening chapter, the opening verse, in a lot of the other, a lot of Paul's letters, he actually he's, he's correcting the church, and he's, he's sometimes even rebuking the church again. But here, right at the beginning, he, he's giving thanks to the church, and it, it just struck me when I was reading it. it that church must have obviously been doing something right. Then, and, and I think if Paul was writing to us today, I think we'd be seeing exactly the same at St. Martha. Can they getting above ourselves, Ken? But this last couple of weeks, I've seen some amazing acts of generosity, I've seen some amazing acts of love, and I came people here, personally, it, it show wholehearted love to, to God, and definitely to people. So I just thought I'd mention that. That's a thought we'll get started. Ken? <laughs> so I grew up just over in Powys, which is just over the back, and uh, I moved to Powys, I just, I moved to Powys when I was about 13. And uh, in that days, we didn't have a lot of uh, computers or newfangled games on iPhones. And I'm showing my age a wee bit. Eh? 
But so why we why we used to spend our summer holidays and, and basically every night we'd be all playing. I was I was an awful lot of derelict buildings going about Everdeen in the seventies, and uh, we spent a lot of time um, me and all my mates and we would just be messing about in derelict buildings, especially beside the railway, which is a, a main line, main Inverness line. And as I said, there was a lot of derelict buildings. And one of the games that we particularly liked to play, and it, it wasn't half a safe. I wasn't a lot of health and safety in them days. Again, so I wouldn't encourage it nowadays. But we'd, uh, we'd broke up into two groups. One group would be like the German soldiers. One group would be like the British soldiers. Again, so we'd mark guns, we'd mark weapons, and we'd just get tore into each other. And uh, <laughs> It was all done in love, you know. <clears throat> But uh, oh, I so I got so I get the Ken I got the Ken as boy. Well, I thought I kinned him. I thought I kinned him. I ken that he was born in London. I ken he went to public school. I ken he joined the army at a young age. I ken he uh, he became the highest ranking officer in the British Army. <clears throat> and I ken he was the most decorated soldier in the British Army during the Second World War. And uh, he even got his cellar name. He's a street named after him in Tullydrone. I even ken he had three sugars in his tea. Even ken he liked a whiskey before he went to his bed at night. So, can anybody guess who he is? Field Marshal Montgomery. Aye. No, I didn't really ken him. Did I? I mean, I kent about him. And I think, I think as Christians, that's that's our main goal. Our main goal is to get to get to know God better. And just a question for us today: Is that what we're doing? And can you can you say in your heart that you're you're wanting to ken God, mayor. You're wanting to fall in love with your mayor. And uh, just as I've been reading this, especially with the series that we're doing, in, in, the, in the world, I seem to find there's an awful lot of spoken about our identities, how we should be, how we shouldn't be, self-help books and how we can be better, how we can do all that stuff again. But I, I think it's until we get to ken God better and we get to ken his nature better and then we find out how we truly are. And I think this could be one of the main reasons that some people didn't find their true purpose in life or their, or their calling in life or they even miss out on the possibilities that's within them. Then is it possible that then I took that time to get the Ken better, to get the Ken God better? And I, I mean, if we're, if we're created in God's image and we're meant to reflect his image, it seems to me it's important that we've got the Ken for our reflecting. In John 17:3, it says this, it says, Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you sent. And it's not really rocket science, I think, sometimes. And how do we get to ken somebody better? We just spend time with them, we talk to them, we find out far they are, and, and fit marks them tick. And I, I do believe this, that God wants us to ken. Deep down in our hearts, ken, not ne- just in here, and here's good, but it's got to be here. It's got to be for a place in here. And that's a place that we'll come to for we will experience God. We'll experience God through his world, by his spirit. And this is what Paul is praying for us. He's praying here that we have our hearts enlightened about all things concerning God and for us to realize that we're place within his plan, within his plan for our individual lives, but the bigger plan that's being played out right in front of us. And I think it's an amazing thing to pray for. And I'd encourage you, if he's, if he's done a comfort to pray for sometimes, for somebody, maybe one of your loved ones, or somebody you meet in the street, prayers, prayer for him. That they get to come to ken God better. And I think the male will get to ken him better. The male will get excited. The male will be motivated. 
him. The male will find love with him. The male will find love with him. And in turn, the male will want to serve him. And this will only come if we get to ken him there. We get to trust him there. The beautiful thing, the Bible's full of promises. Here's one here. It says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Matthew 5, verse 6. And I, I can ken a lot of facts about Field Marshal Montgomery. But I want to ken him, will I? No, he's dead, but I mean, I want to ken him, will I? Yeah. <laughs> and it's exactly the same with Jesus. It may have time, may have take time to get to ken him, to spend time with him, to seek his face, and to fall in love with him. And then we'll really see him for five years. And I think the best thing about this is that Jesus wants to ken us. Jesus wants to know us. That blows my mind up. Then even with our faults, our failures, our insecurities, our hang-ups, it's a mutual thing. It really is a special thing. So I just want to speak briefly just on the three points that I think that Paul prays for for his church in Ephesus. And I think if we receive this, and believe it in our hearts, I think we'll become more effective in the kingdom of God. And it'll also help us see how we really are. So, I didn't watch a lot of TV, allegedly. <laughs> My sister will say different. But there's one film that I really loved again, in Apollo 13. Anybody seen it? Apollo 13. So, it's basically a story about us three guys during the Apollo mission in the 1970s. And Americans were going crazy for space and stuff then. So they just three guys that they, they trained up for about three years, maybe longer. They trained them up. They had all the technology. They had all the money thrown at this Apollo mission and this, this spaceship. Or, I mean, call it a spaceship, come on. Spaceship? Oh, a spaceship <laughs> uh, was heading to the moon. That was its, that was its final destination. Yeah, that was its destination was going to be the moon. Something happened on its wire. I don't if it happened, but uh, it definitely it never made it. It never made it. It hit the circle. I think it circled the moon, and then it had to come back to Earth. Big disappointment. A lot of taxpayers' money. All the usual stuff, Ken. The point is, God wants us to ken the hope of our calling. And this isn't just some wishful thinking. This isn't just a pie in, a pie in the sky. A spaceship in the sky, thought. <laughs> but this is a real assurance. You know, this is real. This isn't a, it's your final destination, and it's guaranteed. Unlike Apollo 13, for, for never made it to its destination. And I find it just amazing that before the foundations of the earth was even laid, before the stars were even put into the sky, that God called each one of us by name to be like him and to, to be with him. And this is an awesome truth to hang on to, it really is especially if we're going through some hard times. That speaks of a time for we've got to be with Jesus forever. We'll be in the presence of God forever. I, I don't care how you feel about that today. Uh, you just let it sink in. Meditate on this when you go home. And I guarantee you, you'll be doing a wee dunce in your house by yourself. Once, once it sinks. I was a pastor of a big American church, and he's wrote a book cried best life now and I, I do care that Jesus wants us to live a life and a life to the full and he wants that for us but if, uh, if the lives of the apostles are anything to go by considering that we're all killed for our faith except John maybe and the, the, even the life of the apostle Paul 
was just marked by suffering. Again, he was he was persecuted, he was starved, he was stoned. And he had that type of stone, Adam. And he was he was out, and he was eventually killed for his faith again. But all through this, they managed to hold on to their faith. They, they managed to hear that hope that their best life was yet to come. Something compelled them to go through all the stuff that they went through. And that same hope is available to us now. I'm not making light of anybody's situations here. Near that's, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not myself. I've gone through some stuff again. But my hope, our hope, is that God in his faithfulness will turn things around and, and bring us through it for his glory. Again, the, the hope of our calling, isn't it, just to come to church on a Sunday, sing a few songs, hear some joker speak at you, good as that might be. It's much, much more than that, is it? And I, I think once we get to a place in one knower, somebody came for them knowers are. Aye. You just can, you can, you can, do you? You just know, you know, you know. We, that's far we need it to be. And then, then we can truly praise them. Nothing will shake that. Nothing could shake it. And just like the disciples in every every spirit-filled Christian, we have a new hope. For we were once hopeless, we now live a new hope. Not just for the future, but we can live it now. We live through it now. Then we are redeemed. We're chosen. We're adopted into the family of God. And we're sealed until the day of redemption. And how do we can us? The scripture just before it, Dave Hall read it last week. I love this. It says, You were also included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession. To the praise of his glory. We are God's possession. We're guaranteed that. And I'd noticed here that Paul doesn't pray for a change of circumstances, but just for mere own understanding of how God is. And God wants us to depend 100% on him, not 99%, but 100%. In other words, we've got to do life, and we've got to look at life a bit different to unbelievers. In Romans 8, 18, it says this, it says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. This is an awesome truth to hang on to. We live in this hope now, and that is a powerful thing to, to, to care. So my second point is uh, God wants us to know that we are his inheritance. And the mayor have been preparing us, the mayor have just been blown away, that not just that God's my inheritance, but I'm his. And I, I came far out comes with. I, I don't understand the mind of God do you not can, but... I'm his. You're his inheritance. <laughs> it tickles me. Again, again we were, it, God is our inheritance. Scripture tells us that. We belong to him. We are his. Bought at a good price. A hefty price. And God does love to see us draw our strengths, our comfort and our direction for God. And whatever else we need for being life. But is it possible, I think, in that the fullness and the richness of life really comes from knowing and discovering that we must give back to God for it is his, his inheritance in us. Our eternal destiny is guaranteed, but it's what we do 
we, what we do with what we've been given. I think that's what couldn't smell. Remembering ourselves that our character has been transformed into the likeness of Christ. We inherit God's character when we become born again. And the more we allow the Holy Spirit to do a work in our lives, he gets rid of that old character and we become more like him. So the, the more we act out of love and in the power of the Holy Spirit, we will see more and more fruit grow in our lives and in people around us. And a lot of what could that look like? You know, I've, I've been working in retail now for about four years, which is hilarious because I was banned for every shop in Aberdeen. <laughs> That's a different story for a, di- for a different time. Okay? But the boss that we've got just now is amazing. Okay? He, he makes sure that we've got all the right tools for the job. He's, he makes sure we've got the right gloves with the cardboard. I don't know if gloves you can get, it stops cardboard slipping out your hands. Amazing. And he, he just makes sure that we've got all the right tools to do the right jobs so the, the customers can be served to the best. Okay? And through Scripture we're told that when we become Christians, there's gifts available to us. And just like a good father, God gives us good gifts to help encourage us, to build us up, to strengthen us, not just for ourselves, but for the benefit of the church. And also to reach out to others, to see the hurting and the lost among us touched. And for me, using and operating as gifts, Christianity doesn't become a, a, a religious duty, it becomes an adventure. And it's full of exciting opportunities, not just to be good news to people, but to speak the good news. There's a couple of our church in St. Mark, they're in their 70s, and they're uh, probably the most godly, servant-hearted people I can. And, and they've, they've been through a tough couple of years, but they, they serve with everything that they've got again. They, they serve it with lifestyle service, and they have been for years serving this lifestyle. And they've always got a word of encouragement, they've always got a word of wisdom for people, myself included. And they've, they've really influenced my walk, can be God. And they're, they're a massive inspiration. They're always willing to offer up prayer for people. And uh, the love for Jesus shines through them. They show a godly character and they pour out their love and their compassion onto those that they meet. And by showing the love of God to others and by exercising the gifts that God has given them, I think the joy that God must feel when he sees his children operating like this and in, in helping to change people and helping to draw people from death to life by the power of the Holy Spirit, can God must just love that. And the feeling that God can and will use us, I think that's one of the best feelings us as believers can get. I really do. It, it does something in us. It strengthens us. And it, in return, that should fill us with a hunger for mere God, mere Him. And if you haven't yet discovered or experienced as gifts that God has got for us to help grow His kingdom, then I would encourage you at the end of the service, get some prayers. Can go home a day with a new sense of calling in your life and start putting into work and helping others. Can whether it's a gift of healing, whether it's words of wisdom, words of knowledge, teaching, hospitality, and for when using for the benefit of others, then our lives will become less about ourselves and more about others. So point three. Ken <laughs> Kenny's resurrection power. 
Now, as an all advert uh, gone about, <laughs> I mean, the Duracell bunny. You seen it? Anybody came for a one about the Duracell bunny advert? Aye. So they set two bunnies at the beginning of a race. They put one wee, that's what it says, snide batteries, but normal batteries in it. And one wee Duracell bunny rabbit, uh, batteries in it. They set two of them off again. Within a matter of time, the, the normal batteries in the rubber, it, it falls by the wayside. But Duracell bunnies, it keeps going. And the point being, when Jesus rose from the grave, everything changed. Again, a, a new beginning had arrived. A new hope for humanity had came at last. A new creation had begun. Father God was satisfied with the sacrifice of his son. And everything that scripture had spoke about Jesus leading up to that time, it came to pass, and now for all humanity, every one of us here, there was now possible a, a, a way back to the way it was intended. Now this has massive implications on us as believers. It means that we serve a living God, not just a statue, not just a piece of gold, and it means that we have power within us to live a Christ life, a Christ-like life. That very same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. And sometimes we can just brush over it. I think I'll just repeat that. The very same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. And as Jesus lived a life of obedience to God, it means we can be exactly the same. And God wants us to know and to understand this power as believers, to be able to live our lives for God and for others. And I don't mean to be a super Christian. I don't mean that. But for us to ken that even in our fallenness and our weaknesses, that God can and will use us to accomplish great things. So about seven years ago, a lot of you ken my story, but about seven years ago I was just a hopeless drug addict. I'd been in and out of jail my whole adult life. And I'd turned to crime and I'd turned to drugs at a very early age. Just the way to do life, that's all I can't. I had no hope, I had no self-worth. I didn't care if I lived or died. I didn't have, I didn't have thought for anybody or anybody getting hurt by my actions. It was all about me. And today I am, I'm standing here before you now, preaching the word of God. In my old school. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> That's resurrection power, okay? it is. And as a preacher for the 70s, a Yorkshire guy, it says this, Leonard Ravenhill is his name. I'd encourage you to read some of his books. He's really good. He says, the greatest miracle that God can do today is to take an unholy man out of an unholy world, make him holy, and put him back into that unholy world and keep him holy in it. It's a miracle, isn't it? So God, God took me for by rights should be dead. I was a selfish guy. I was only living for myself, and He's transformed me into a new creation. Blows my mind every time I think about it. He brought me to life. He changed my nature, and He's given me a heart for the things of God. And He's taught me to, or is teaching me how to live for God, live for Himself, and to live for other people. To me, that, that, that's a bigger miracle. And I've got to remind myself daily, this, this is a fact, and this is, this is a true statement, that I'm not just fixed up or reformed, 
But I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. And this is my identity. This is for I am. And this is the same for you. If you are uh, a believer in Christ Jesus here and following Christ Jesus, that's the same for every single one of us. We're new creations. And sometimes I feel like that. Then, But it's a fact. It's a fact of what the Bible says and what Jesus says about me. I can't argue with him, can I? No, if you can do this for me, you can do this for each person sitting here. No, it may not be like my story. It could be loads of things, Ken. Could be addictions to anything. It might be selfishness, it might be a bad attitude, it might be a fear of passing exams, it might be a fear of the future, it might be a fear of the past. But rest assured that it, God's power is available to each and every one of us here. That's if you've asked Jesus into your life. And I think sometimes we might get confused about this word power. Can I did. Can I, I always thought uh, power would mean a big loud noise or a volcano or even a nuclear bomb. But this is Nefit Paul speaking about here. And I looked up one of the best definitions I could see was the ability or the capacity to do something or to act in a particular way. The ability or the capacity to do something or act in a particular way. And when we begin to act to a place of our new identity and we believe and we receive in faith that God has given his gifts, that power is like activated and it, and it begins to flow through us. And then God can accomplish things that will just blow our minds. I mean, this is not just a special formula. This comes out of a place of getting to know God more and in turn, we know ourselves more. And some people maybe are perhaps, they're, maybe they're waiting to feel powerful before they serve or before they operate in these gifts. But remember, Paul also goes on to say in, that God's power is made perfect in my weakness. So if we feel weak or inadequate today, that's no hindrance, no to being used by God. Which is a kind of a result, because I feel weak and inadequate most days. <laughs> yeah. But the facts are far yam outweigh how I feel on a day to day basis. And I, I do find it really encouraging that the church was born out of power. This church was born out of power. Just let that sink in. When I was 12 disciples, for were unschooled, for were terrified, for were weak, that they were going to be killed for following Jesus. They were hiding in fear of their lives for the Jews and the Romans. But once they were empowered by the Spirit of God, Acts 2 and Acts 19 speak about it, should give it a read. Then they went on to change the world around them. And eventually, the whole world's been touched. That same power is available to us now. Again, remembering that Ephesus was a place of power, it was a place of pagan worship, it was full of distractions, full of worldly things. They even had the biggest temple, I was reading up some facts, they even had the biggest temple to the false goddess Diana. Again, but Paul is reminding us, he's reminding the Ephesians there, and he's also reminding us now that there's a power that is higher, a power that is stronger and bigger than all those things. And that power is available to us. And this power can be used to enrich and to help us live a life to the full. The resurrection power within us as believers helps us deal with past hurts, past fears, 
and it helps us move on from situations that would slow us down or even stop us from walking into the things that God has got for us. There's nothing in our past that can hinder us from moving forward with God. Once we allow the Holy Spirit space and time, I suppose, to help us deal with our past and remembering that we aren't the same persons anymore, then we're free to move on. As power gives us the strength to say no to bad habits, forever they might be. Whether it be drugs, alcohol, lusts, maybe even a bad temper. But we know here power that can help us say no. And when we operate in this power, we can finally set aside these things and we can walk in freedom. And finally, it's, it's, a, it's a power to reach out to others for hurting. This is a power to respond to people when we see people going through bad times. Can we love and compassion that we can reach into lives and we can bring good news to them? This is resurrection power. And the church, believe it or not, is for Jesus' power flows through. This is the way Jesus intended the church to be. This is the way he intended it. So just to recap, that Jesus wants us to ken. He wants us to ken the hope of our calling in him. That's amazing. He wants us to grow more like him and do the things that he done, but even greater things than he done. And finally, he wants, he wants us to know that we have the same power in us that raised Christ for the dead. And everything that could mean for us now.